My name is Craig Wright. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. My name is Eric Shute. I'm a videographer. And I'm Matthew Rock, an associate editor for ANC. And today, we're here to talk about Flash games. Or, you know, just the general browser-based games that we and probably many of you experienced as a child. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing kind of like a, a nostalgia trip back into the, uh, what is it, early 2000s, late 90s, when, you know, you'd have all of those, like, this was before, like, you know, you had apps and IRS. Yeah. We're kind of talking about, like, you know, as a kid growing up in the 2000s and access to a computer, there's a good chance, you know, you probably played a lot of Flash games and, you know, places like Newgrounds, Congregate, Armor Games, all those places. And kind of, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how we really moved away from that and how a lot of those ideas ended up in kind of their own marketplace on iOS. But kind of to start, Eric, like, what what are your favorite fa- Flash games? What do you remember playing? Oh, oh boy. I remember... Uh... Back in, back when when I was a kid, flash games weren't really like there there was there weren't like apps that you have nowadays where you have like your iPhone, your iPad, you can go and just like spend two dollars and buy something or or download it from the uh, Xbox Live uh, uh, store. You you know you had all these like different websites where people would just like you know just throw out all these games and you'd have hundreds of like you know weird like shooter games where you'd be like a stick figure just shooting people or whatever or different like race car games or just. All kinds of things, and I remember, like, I think the ones I was really into were the ones on, like, Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon based off uh, the different shows I was into. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably what really kicked off the trends. I remember particularly, um, and here's something only 90 kids will remember, there was this horrible Spongebob game that was, like, it was so difficult. And I think it was trying to do, to describe how bad a driver Spongebob was. But no matter what you did, you couldn't make it past like the first level of this game. But it really it really set off this kind of, I'm like a young animator and I'm kind of for fun making a game and, you know, putting it out on the internet for other people to enjoy. And as a kid growing up, then like, I like getting my parents to buy me anything was an ordeal. Like if I wanted to buy a game, it was like a year of begging and then maybe on Christmas I would get something. But what about you? What what was your uh, um, entertainment budget like as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I guess it was a lot different than your family because, you know, I pretty much I, I had access to a lot of games. I played a lot of uh, GameCube. I played a lot of Game Boy stuff. I, I had access to a lot of games, so I never really was into uh, Flash games too much. But I, I recall all the time a lot of kids who uh, couldn't couldn't get those kind of games would after school go to the computer lab and they just, you know, uh, fool around with all these different games and whatnot. So it was it was a very kind of like, you know, they weren't like amazing games, but it was it was very cheap and it was very accessible. So I feel like it brought a lot of people kind of into the media who uh, normally would have a barrier uh, to it otherwise. Yeah, definitely. And kind of one, one of my favorites was there's this game called Adventure Quest RPG, which is like it was flash based, but it was very big in scope. You, you know, you'd make your adventure and then you you could go like fight random monsters. You can go into these like dungeons. You get all kinds of items. And I remember I remember vividly you could get thing a thing called like guardian status where you like pay ten dollars and then it unlocks all this like extra stuff in the game for you. And so that that was a, a flash game I really enjoyed. Um, it had a couple spinoffs. I think one was Dragon Fable, which was basically the same game, but there were dragons involved. And then there one was called like Mech Quest, which was again the same game, except you're in a giant robot now. Um, 
but kind of kind of in that regard, I guess moving to make browser-based stuff into really kind of uh, getting it into like the main gaming market. We, of course, with the rise of Facebook, we had stuff like Farmville mm-hmm. and all that just really take over. And it really paved the way to the current like iOS, Android, like the smartphone game market we have today. Yeah, I feel like with Flash games, you really kind of have like... When it comes to making money off them, you really have like two different markets nowadays. You have like the the Facebook kind of social media kind of stuff where um, you you pay for for time. So if you want something to happen faster, if you want items, you pay that kind of you know ten dollars, and then oh this action which would normally happen in twenty four hours happens in like one hour. Those are like the uh, Farmville kind of games, and then you have like more kind of like cheaper stuff like on on iOS, which are like more like. Uh, runner games more like platformer games like puzzle stuff like the stuff that uh what is it uh pop cap cap pop yeah. I'm, I'm butchering the name but do you remember uh, yeah yeah before they got devoured by the monster that is ea um they did uh plants for zombies i think that's what you're talking about really they did that one uh i think it was pop cap i can't quite remember but um it's really interesting you get a lot of you get a lot of these people really breaking into the like video game like industry via like small things like you know iPhone apps and that and that's kind of what happened with the Plants for Zombie guys they they made the game it got super popular and then you know EA saw them bought them um, closed down their studio and then started making a bunch of other Plants for Zombie games oh no that yeah. sounds horrible but like I think kind of going off what you were saying about that with um I I, I believe it's PopCap if I if I if I if I'm butchering that name or if I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sorry. Or but PopCap was kind of like this small little company that came and made a bunch of money because they had one game that was really popular and uh, bejeweled or bedazzled, one of those yeah, like yeah. puzzle games, and they had the me the means to really distribute. Which before you know, unless you had like a big budget you know video game company and could get it into like a physical disc and a store, you couldn't do that. But now with you know anyone can really sell a game, and it's just really changed everything. Yeah, it's really, it's been really interesting because, again, it's been an opportunity for a lot of those old, like, Flash game people. I remember a ton of the games I remember playing as a kid are now, like, available on iOS or became available a long time ago. There's one, I think it was called Civilizations um, or something. I got it on my phone a while back, and, like, the concept of it is uh, you have these, like, little, these little people, and they, like, reproduce in all these like little bases you can capture and then you drag from one base to another and you send like a little like half your guys from one base will go to another base i remember like a ton of clones of that showed up on ios and then eventually the game itself showed up on ios kind of in that regard if you know angry birds probably one of the most popular um mobile phone games like ever that's basically like directly stolen from a game called crush the castle which was the same concept except you know very visually different you're like hitting a castle with boulders instead of launching birds at it but it seems like a lot of the ideas for smartphone games are borrowed directly from this like flash game i want to call it a marketplace but this like flash game culture that was around beforehand yeah yeah i i I definitely see that the different kind of genres and different kind of styles that kind of went over into that what do you think about uh new grounds which i i know earlier we were talking about it before recording new grounds um was is essentially kind of like the YouTube for Flash animation games, where a lot of uh, Flash animators, a lot of Flash uh, game makers, kind of got their start. What are your What are your thoughts on that? What do you know about that? Yeah, well, it's it's basically um, 
it's one of the first places where if you were an animator or, you know, a very amateur game maker, basically if you knew how to program with Flash, that was a place for you to put your, your work up and get it seen by people. And it had kind of a, kind of a controversial system, I guess, where you could kind of, you could rate games with stars and stuff. And then things would be like featured on like the first page and they would get like awards and stuff. Um, I'm not precisely sure how it works, but it also had like a, like a blam feature, I think they called it, where if something was just utter garbage, everyone could be just like, get rid of this, you know, it doesn't deserve to be here. And they, that was kind of like a user driven, like content control kind of thing. Oh, that sounds kind of harsh. Uh, a little bit, but, but it did, it did kind of promote doing good work, which we get a lot of pretty incredible stuff coming out of Newgrounds, um, just offhand, if you know Aaron Hansen, um, who commonly goes by Ego Raptor, um, part of the infamous Game Grumps Let's Play team, he originally started as an animator on Newground. He also did a couple games and like voice acting and stuff. But that was kind of his original stomping ground, and he, you know, progressed from that to being like one of the most popular of this another entirely new culture of like Let's Play and like I'm just playing a video game, but. I'm talking over it and being incredibly popular. So it's really interesting how all these like subcultures of video games are connected in all these different ways. But uh, going back to Newgrounds, there's Newgrounds, Congregate, Armor. Armor Games was my favorite because they had a lot of very um, powerful games. I remember one of my favorite was this kind of really light RPG called Sunny where you played like a zombie, but like you're like an all together, like you know who you are a zombie and you're being like persecuted. That ended up... Um, they they overhauled the art style, but that ended up on iOS a while back, and I was really stoked for that. But yeah, something um, just kind of uh, changed topics a little bit. Something that I find kind of interesting about Newgrounds and a lot of these sites is uh, I don't know about the other sites, but I know for, definitely for Newgrounds is that they allow like adult content, which I I, I don't know. I find it interesting how you know you can kind of just kind of get away with more stuff, more uh, risque stuff. Yeah. Well. well like a lot of websites are like, you know, YouTube even technically has adult content, but but it's gated. You have yeah. to, it, there's a big warning that says, hey, this is adult content. content. And then even on Newgrounds, um, I remember specifically it was rather difficult to find. Um, like I wouldn't even know offhand how to get to their adult section other, other than like um, something in like a sidebar is labeled as adult. But it, it, it I suppose it is kind of interesting. Um can't even really think of any adult, like offhand, think of any like, yeah. adult rated games or anything that came off of there. But it is, I don't know, I think it's just another aspect of the site for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I only bring it up because it just kind of shows like you could kind of almost do anything there that you couldn't get away with on, on YouTube. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in regards to, say, iOS, like Apple is known for very, very, uh, strongly curating their store like they don't like for the most part don't allow any like you know adult content on there there was even a controversy a while back of someone who made a game based on the the conflict in syria oh no and apple went and took it down and said basically this platform is not for creating like political statements or something along the along those lines basically they're like we don't consider games especially games of these nature as the appropriate medium for this kind of discussion and so they removed it from the apple store which i found really interesting yeah i i actually didn't really hear about that but that does sound really interesting yeah it is from gosh it's probably 
four or five years old now. I can't even remember when it happened, but it was a big deal when it happened. Hmm. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. I find it really fascinating just kind of the transition we made and kind of how a lot of, the, a lot of these flash game kind of people, like I said before, they use smartphone games as kind of a jumping point to move on. And they also really inspired a lot of the more popular games. I, I just find it interesting. I think it really contributed to the whole like indie game movement of like, I'm just some guy in my basement and I've, you know, through, you know, flash games and then smartphone games have been inspired to put myself out there in a way that bigger companies do that I otherwise wouldn't have the chance. I feel like it really contributed to that rise of like indie game culture in ways like the ability to have your stuff kickstarted or like put it on a Patreon did, you know? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, uh, flash games really were kind of like a like 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 a testing ground where a lot of people were just kind of experimenting. Yeah. Like there wasn't a way for people to really make money off of these. You know, there w- there was no App Store, there was no Steam back in like uh, the really early 2000s, late 90s. So people just kind of put it up there just to see what people thought about it. And and, and even the more common. Um, a lot of these days, people who still do this generally make money through, like, advertisements and stuff like that. Um, back then, that was, like, people didn't really, like, companies didn't really see the value in that as much as they do today. I know that a lot of them still um, do that. They have, like, before you can play this game, you got to watch a little advertisement so our uh, website can make money and all that. But Yeah, I remember that. I remember you'd always have to watch, like, the weird, like, kind of... They were never normal ads. They were yeah. always the most the most awkward kind of cheesy ads, like and then, like ads you never see on TV or anywhere else. Uh-huh. Like, or like sometimes with some websites, they'd only have one ad, and you just see that ad over and over and over again. I remember one website; it was just a car ad, and it was the <laughs> same car ad, and you'd see it all the time. Oh boy, oh it was awful. Yeah, but kind of on that note, we've I th- I think we've really seen kind of a. Uh, not a decline as in it's not around anymore, but a decline in like the popularity of these flash games. I definitely say that the smartphone market kind of like stole their thunder, but these days I think it's so easy to like get on like steam and stuff like that. That's really giving them more opportunities, not just to like release their game on for free again, though, you still get people who go like the Patreon route of like, I'm making this game for free and my fans, you know, will support me via, via Patreon. They'll like, I'll continue making this game or whatever, and they'll, you know, pay me $5 a month for my efforts. For, like for making games? I've seen Patreon for, like, videos. Oh, yeah. I've There's never Patreon seen it for games. For all kinds of stuff. Like, really? Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Um, gosh, I can't really remember any offhand. I was looking at one a while back that was on Patreon, but... Anyway, just these these other ways that people get to do, like, work on game design, albeit on a very much smaller scale, and still get supported. I think we're in a very interesting culture there agreed agreed definitely so yeah i think that's probably about all we have to say on the topic for the time being Mm -hmm. um i think it will be interesting later on to discuss kind of we mentioned kickstarter about that maybe on the next podcast we'll bring that up a bit but yeah maybe we'll have to wait and see but uh this has been the uh emerald podcast network i'm eric shoot and i'm matthew brock and today we were talking about flash animation games if you liked what you heard here, you can find more Emerald podcasts on our website, dailyemerald.com, or you can subscribe to the Emerald Media on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.